0: Lights, camera, action.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner. Tom Kennett is back with us today. And the matchup we'll be getting into is 2011's Horrible Bosses versus 1988's Midnight Run. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Not bad. Keenan, that's the most enthusiastic you've been to that question in a few weeks. Things Uh, must be looking up. No,
2: not, 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 not at all. But I know you're <laughs> I know I know you're down bad, so I'm just trying to help out.
1: Has your passport arrived yet? No. Jesus. All right, that's probably better than if it came like two days late and it was just insulting, so something at least.
0: I'd have been writing, I think, in your issues. <laughs> right. All
2: right, but now I've got nothing I nothing big planned, so it can be what it will be now.
1: All right, well, it's been a quiet week. There is literally no news of the week. Well, the only headline was that Scorsese and uh, De Niro's latest film has been delayed by a year.
2: So well, that's... died. You snake.
1: Yeah, but we Paying don't usually get into the deaths man. on here. We, we saved the negativity okay. for
2: uh, the sci-fi exactly. films. You make exceptions <laughs> for some people.
1: I don't think we did anything for James Carn.
2: Well, that's your fault should do a tribute pod, really.
1: <laughs> oh, we yeah. could do.
2: Can we do a tribute pod? we just watch Goodfellas again. Let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> for James Kahn?
2: No, no, for Paul Solvino, obviously. Oh. So
1: Paul <laughs> Solvino gets a tribute pod, but not James Carn.
2: Well, we're too late on the James Khan front. You missed it.
0: <laughs> it might be disrespectful at this point.
1: All right, well, we will start today with horrible bosses.
2: It's 8 a.m. If you want a promotion, you gotta earn it. That'll hold you till lunch, right, buddy? Not naked, Dale. Can you see my... Oh, true. <laughs> I want you to fire the fat people. What? They're lazy and they're slow and they make me sad to look at. What are we considering? We're gonna kill our bosses. Mm. Shut up. Sit. I own you. Are you not good with peanuts? Oh. My boss is dying if you say his life. Well, that sounds bad when you say it like that. Terrible
1: Bosses. Rated R. Starts July 8th. Three friends conspire to murder their awful bosses when they realise they're standing in the way of their happiness. Do we need to do the usual Kevin Spacey disclaimer, Keenan, or do people get the point at this stage?
2: Do you
1: want to? No, we'll, uh, we'll move on.
2: Great actor. Terrible bloke. <laughs> 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 there is a the disclaimer done. At this point. Yeah, <laughs> look, we, we've covered it. We're going to say a lot of nice things about Kevin Spacey in terms of the film. We all agree, terrible bloke. Alright, just
0: live and let live. And it, it does help that he is a total asshole in this, so you know. It's all, yep, it's all helpful. Right.
1: Right. Keenan, what do you think the critics thought of this?
2: Seven out of ten. I'm yet to work out what my ratings mean in terms of but it, but it makes
1: sense to me. So it's I'm a 6.9 on IMDb. Oh, oh
2: fantastic. What, it's big, it's big man's quality.
1: All right, well, Horrible Bosses is no masterpiece, but it's a solid comedy with great chemistry. I mean,
2: that's the most 7 out of 10 review I've ever had, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seems uh, fair.
1: Colin Farrell is a comedy genius. Funny enough to give America's embattled working folk an outlet for their frustration and America's employer a bad case of nerves. Rides the entertaining pitch for the entire runtime without attempting to offer some kind of deeper insight or social commentary. Thank the Lord. <laughs> the theme here, Keenan, is most people don't like their boss.
2: <laughs> no one likes going to work surprise
1: flawed and not nearly as dark as it could be but horrible bosses excels if only because of the fun performances and great chemistry of the cast how dark did these people want it to be
2: I don't know I mean they are right you could have just done any film where you're planning to kill someone you can make it as dark as you possibly want it's
1: basically just pain and gain then isn't it if they just start offing people like that
2: yeah, I mean, you look at... Well, the first one, when I think, about plotting to kill people, you look at Laura Bynes, it's so as dark as many things yeah. come. If, if your film is based on the premise that you're planning to kill someone,
0: you could plan to kill them in the worst way. I'm
1: not sure oh, if description of Charlie Day.
0: The description of it is flawed. <laughs> what did they go into <laughs> this thinking? is going to be like smooth and well thought out.
1: Well, well, there's very, very little trivia for this. So, it was directed by Seth Gordon... TK, who has directed another film that we've done on the podcast, but not in a bracket. And Keenan wasn't on the episode if that narrows it down at all.
2: Was it in the bracket?
1: Wasn't in the bracket.
2: Yeah, that's true. Would like, It'll be like Office Christmas Party or the night before or something.
1: It's got a fantastic ending in which they decide that children will solve everything. Vince Vaughn reached Witherspoon <laughs> It's four I Christmases. Got you. God, yeah. I, Christ. I knew, was, I knew it was
0: going to be a Christmas film. I would fantastic film. <laughs> that happens.
1: <laughs> a genuinely you, fantastic film.
0: Would you believe oh, I've not seen it? Yes, I envy you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you enjoyed it. You enjoyed the little bit of
0: Vince it, Yeah, exactly. I mean, God, if if it didn't have Vince, I don't know what I would have thought. It it was just that ending really, really did get me.
1: Every year I laugh at the same bit when she says, you know, the more I hear from you, the more I think you wouldn't apply my face mask first if our plane was going down. And he says, I wouldn't. And the (laughs) FDA wouldn't want me to either. (laughs) He also directed Identity Thief, if you saw that. Jason Bateman again and Melissa McCarthy when she was doing her whole kind of run nice you you couldn't escape her or Rebel Wilson for a time and he also directed Baywatch so that's quite a gradual way up when you think Four Christmases Horror Bosses Identity Thief and then Baywatch and then not a lot since one of the things that he's supposedly renowned for is he he wants improvisation on his sets and I do miss the comedy podcast where we just get Keenan's thoughts on the improvisation every week Um, but he encouraged everyone there he said you've got Jason Bateman Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day there why would you not want them improvising their lines and just letting the chemistry flow through them Jennifer Aniston said that she did not need to because her lines were beautifully choreographed. And we'll get to her character in a little bit. I was 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 going to
0: say, she outlived libbed the similarities. (laughs) (laughs) Jen's a wild one.
1: Uh, I guess it speaks to the chemistry in this film that you then bring Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston together again for We're the Millers. Hmm. Or the casting could have been very different. A list of people that were approached but ultimately, didn't take up roles in this film. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Oh boy, oh, I'm not sure if they'd have one of them would have been a boss. If two of them would have been bosses, I, okay. I imagine Owen Wilson's
2: in
0: Charlie Day's role.
2: Vince can be whoever he wants. We've established this.
0: Oh. Yeah, Vince could. Vince could do that role. He's been sexually assaulted in Wedding Crashes. Why not have it in this as well?
1: What do you think? So I don't know if it how uh, in-depth these kind of approaches are. If it's, uh, do you want to be in this film, or if it's, do you want to be XYZ character in this film?
2: Send them a boat. You send the scripts now. You send them a script, they read it, oh. so now.
1: Because if you were the director, where would you put Vince Vaughn in this film?
2: All right, uh, this is one that I'd anywhere. What do you want to do? Well,
1: I think it's Just... between... He's probably between Kevin Spacey's role and Jason Bateman's
2: role. Just give him minutes. That's all you've got to do.
1: But for the purpose of the question.
0: You don't fancy him in the Sadekis role?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I guess we are saying he could do all of them. I, I think he's either going to be your leading man or your leading boss. I like the idea of him being Owen Wilson's boss.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Could you uh, could you could you hate Vince? You couldn't, could you?
1: No, but he could probably. I get he could probably do the Colin Farrell smarmy Ye- boss.
0: Yeah, role. yeah. He plays a semi-believable bad guy in Starsky and Hatcher, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, we're doing that in about a fortnight's time.
0: Oh, really, I can't
1: wait. Up against Shawshank. I
0: can't wait.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Other approach names, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Dax Shepard, Ashton Kutcher, Paul Rudd, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jeff Bridges, and Tom Cruise.
0: Thank God Cruise didn't get the gig.
1: Kutcher was approached for for the role of Dale, while Cruise, Hoffman, and Bridges were all approached for Kevin Spacey's role.
2: Cruz basically did this in Tropic Thunder, no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true,
0: true.
1: And this is, what, three years later?
0: Mm,
1: Yeah. And he still says he wants a solo film for his character in Tropic Thunder.
2: I'd probably watch it. I'm
1: not sure he has has the time between Mission Impossible 11 and uh, everything else. I guess the success of the Mission Impossible films do show that if the films are good enough, people won't complain in the same way they do with Fast and Furious.
2: Yeah, what are we up the, to, like
1: seven or eight with Mission Impossible? And I don't see people going, oh God, another Mission Impossible film.
2: Yeah, but they are actually just, they are better films.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: no, no, no. Yeah. The, 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 the later on it's gone. The standards stayed pretty solid. I actually think they've got Mission better Impossible. as they've gone on. Oh, I've only seen a couple of them, to be honest. Um... So that's what I said to do, Whereas I've seen more of the Fast and Furious shows. i one and two, and then Tokyo Drift. What a fucking waste of my time.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I cashed I cashed out after Tokyo Drift, honestly. Uh, it's so bad, isn't it? It's actually <laughs> shit. Um, no, There's
1: a lot to me that then. I cashed out halfway through nine. <laughs> I've not finished it off.
2: Four I liked, five I liked, and then six, seven, eight I was like, that. No, no,
0: they were going to space, and I thought, nah, fuck this. What, what, what was that for? <laughs> Something that was literally once joked about, they're now doing, it, so I'll just stop. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, whilst we're debating whether Mission Impossible or Fast and Fear should carry on, I think we're all agreed Rise of the Foot Soldier carries on. You keep going.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised Keenan didn't reply the other day when my brother asked us both. Referring to it as the greatest British film of all time.
2: I don't know your man like that.
1: Could have at least dropped a like. I didn't agree with it, so I told him personally. What
0: was this? I, I didn't. I didn't agree with
1: it either. I I did the. You may have seen me doing the. There's these tweets that keep coming out, and it's like your favourite film from 1973, yeah, yeah.
2: 83.
1: Yeah. And for one of them, I replied to it after my pick, saying Keenan's would have been. Rise of the Foot Soldier for whatever year it was, like two thousand and seven.
2: Nice.
0: And then
1: my brother replied saying, "Greatest British film of all time." <laughs> I think he's just he, he's just swinging swinging yeah. for home runs <laughs> at this point after his uh, after his gangster, gangster squad shout Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah well, number
0: one. Uh,
2: firstly, no, it's not the greatest <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the best. Number one's the, the only way. good one. <laughs>
1: what? Number one, Rise of the Foot Soldier is the only good one.
2: Incorrect. Um, but also I did not I d I didn't I don't I've never met you, brother. I don't really I I, am funny enough I'm not gonna randomly start disagreeing with people online at the age of twenty (laughs) seven.
1: It is I look back and I've deleted some over the years just to save myself seeing it the following year. I see occasionally a thing on like Facebook or I see people arguing and I do have a moment I used to be that guy. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know how I ever had the time for it. And I say this was. as someone that spends the majority of their time playing football manager and watching sport on the TV. And when I'm doing that and I still feel like I don't have the time for this, I don't know what I was doing previously.
2: Yeah, it was never it was never my thing really, to be honest.
1: Going out and batting in like a 72 comment Facebook thread about why Arsenal might get fourth over Liverpool that year.
0: Yeah, incredible.
1: I say that like, like I'm looking down on it. I would, honestly, I'd take finishing above Liverpool, whether it was uh, fourth over fifth or uh, 17th over 18th at this point.
0: Wait, would you do it if we both went down? I come feel like team, come there's, there's team, a part of me
1: that convince myself, like, <laughs> hey, look, it could oh, be Jesus. worse. <laughs>
2: So Also, I can't believe Superbad's not... Is Superbad 07?
1: Yeah, that was the one I put down.
2: Oh, I thought you put Knocked Up down.
1: No, I, the, the tweet I put was uh, Knocked Up was a contender here for me. 2007 was a great year. Keenan would have said, Rise of the Foot Soldier.
2: No, yeah, maybe, maybe Shockingly, maybe I was only interested in the bit that concerned there.
1: Disgraceful. I'm <laughs> sorry.
2: Okay. So
1: when this film was advertised as big as stars as the three leading guys are, it was essentially, look at what Jennifer Aniston is doing in this film.
2: <laughs> yeah, now,
1: 100%. from what I've read, and this sounds like I'm doing a, a, a creepy thing here. This is genuinely what I've read. Um, She recorded a topless scene in the breakup with Vince Vaughn something happened. I don't know if she was the one that asked for it or her agent or whatever. That scene was then reframed. And so that was removed from it. But clearly word got out in Hollywood that she was willing to do a bit more than what she had done previously. So everything you see in this film, there's no body double involved. This is all her. She said she had to get in shape for the role. I don't know how portly she was before, but she really does go all in when she's saying this is like a beautiful script I've got to think when they were sending this out it was on a hook and a prayer that whether they thought she would actually sign up for it. And then ultimately she jumps on board and yeah, head first.
0: They cannot kind of believe that luck when she actually they only said what
1: yes. They also approached.
0: Okay.
1: So I th- I think they were probably firing these out and then if it wasn't or do you think she probably gets less of a part and it probably goes to, don't want to disrespect the woman, more like Kelly Brook in Piranha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is quite a fool. Or,
1: thinking about it now, they probably go about it and they get someone who's objectively bad looking and they frame it that way. The ugly boss is hitting on him and he can't, he can't get by at work and they twist it in some kind of way and they probably get a more recognizable actress that way.
0: I mean, I guess it would be more believable that you'd take an issue with it, because I know, I know it's tackled in the film, but you just wouldn't have the issue that he has with this, I don't think. I don't well, think you'd have any issue.
1: You've teed it up nicely, because people say there's always someone that will complain about just about anything on the internet, <laughs> and that is the case. So I was reading through the responses of when this film came out, the reaction to the roles. There is a portion Admittedly, a very small portion that are outraged by this film, and it is—if this was the other way around, <laughs> people wouldn't find it funny. That so would I be a I guess
0: job.
1: is the entire purpose of the role, is it not? That he's yeah. pointing out this still isn't okay, and the others are like, "Well, oh, come on, look at her." Yeah, one
2: hundred percent. that's literally the point women. of the joke. Yeah, <laughs> it would be uncomfortable. It's Jennifer Aniston, so it's not.
1: Done. No, but there it's are people so, online saying, look, if this was Brad Pitt and someone, no one will find this funny. They'd say it's disgraceful.
2: Yeah, it would be really creepy, and
0: that's exactly how it would be played.
1: And that's yeah. probably the point of the whole role, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, Charlie it is. Day is pointing yeah. it out, and he and then Bateman and Sudeikis and the rest of us going, what the hell is your problem,
2: mate? I, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not trying to explain it or set the like put rights to the world, but unfortunately, some things just are what they are. Jennifer Aniston, objectively, is absolutely mint.
1: It's the South Park episode, isn't it?
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, it, absolutely right. Imagine, just take TK. <laughs> right. I think you're going to be TK getting compared, compared to Monday's series. podcast. <laughs> so
1: I said, I think TK's in for a better scenario here than he was on Monday's podcast.
2: Presume so, but say off camera tonight, he would, TK will would come back and be like that. My boss is an absolute rocket. You want to see what she's after?
0: <laughs>
2: At no point would you or I have been
0: like,
2: Oh, you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done, we love it. yeah. We
0: love you know, what's going, Have you gone to HR? you yeah. <laughs> Crack on, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, like, yeah, there it is. It is somewhat of a double standard, but it's,
0: it, it's probably one of the smaller double standards in the world, now. Well, if the same woman had, uh had drugged me and taken compromising photos. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I might start questioning it, or maybe if she was that hot, I might go. I'll figure it out. Well,
1: hearing how glowingly you both have spoken about Jennifer Aniston here, do you take Jennifer Charlie Allen's Day's charge?
0: Me. What by um, comparison?
1: The charge he has in this film. I mean, are you take? Do you take? Oh, sorry.
0: It? <laughs> you mean? Uh... <laughs> Probably not. That's, right? that's tough. That's too bad. <laughs> In a comedy film, he seems to it's be to a lot. Eden.
2: Yeah, but there's, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure who you've got to put on that list for me to go register, yeah,
0: okay. I'll like,
2: be, be honest.
0: But he is right as well, he can't get another job shortly. He is bound there yeah. because with that charge, it's remarkable he's got this job.
1: It's the way Jennifer right. Aniston rolls.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't want to end up on, on any register. Just, just like objectively. I, I really don't want
1: <laughs> I don't know how
0: she he's, felt about this the reaction. Job, he's, he's going to be administering drugs as well, isn't he? So yeah. that seems remarkable that someone is <laughs> going to. You want to register? But yeah, yeah, you can handle this. It's fine.
1: So I don't know how she felt about the reaction to this film because when it comes to We're the Millers, which is what, two years later, 2013.
2: They go down a, a similar path with her character. That,
1: yes, she does. Now, for that, she brings in a body double. Mm. Ah, she so, is spooked. I don't know if it was that she didn't have to literally pole dance in this one. Or it was like, I've, I've done my bit. I can tick it off my CV. I don't need to be doing that again. Maybe she didn't
0: want to be typecast. Maybe. <laughs> this this late, into my uh, yeah, this late on. Going, no, no, I, don't, I can't be
1: doing that. The, when you look at the trivia for this film, the, the bit of trivia that kind of surrounds this says uh, Jennifer Aniston wore a dark brunette wig and uh, spoke far more sexually explicitly, blah blah blah, uh, which is very out of character for her. Like the dark brunette wig was the turning <laughs> point.
0: Like once she got over that hurdle,
1: everything else was fair game.
0: That was the mask for her. Once she put that on, that's a filth.
1: I remember watching this the first time and I'd not seen anything of Charlie Day before. Have any of you watched Saw Always Sunny in Philadelphia?
2: Yeah, i watched the first six or seven seasons.
1: Is it? Yeah. Is it good? I've, so. I've heard nothing but good things.
2: So, I, uh, there's a lot of people who, who love it. So, the very best of it is phenomenal. Like it, some of it is so funny, it, it's ridiculous, it's so dark, it's it really inventive. the dialogue's mint, characters are great. As it goes down the stretch, I think those moments become fewer and farer between. Yeah. So that's a, a, p- a lot a lot of it is a little bit dead slack and you're like, Oh, it like you chuckle away, but it's not. Not sort of as it was like the first couple of seasons genuinely like when I first watched I was like yeah sensational But like this is right up there yeah. and then it, it, it I think as it go, it drags on and draw, or draws on I should say I it drags on probably a bit harsh but as it goes on I think there's a, it becomes more of a, oh, it's a little, a little bit similar and we've seen some like sort of some of this before um, and there, but there are still the there is still the occasional bit of gold in there.
0: But when he said his best, mate, yeah, it's, it's actually it's just fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's that's a spot on take. i that would have literally been drawn from my mind. That first series, ironically, without Dan Devito in, I think is one of the best things I've seen. It is super yeah, dark. Every, yeah, every episode super dark, but you can see them sort of figuring it out, and it's just maybe because they was obviously low profile at that point, they could get away with so much, maybe. Oh, and, and this year, in fact, what what we on like 14th or 15th season now. As you said, the, the moments it's of it being its peak are few and far in between, I guess. He's, a, he's a co-writer, a sheer amount, I guess. Isn't he? Sorry? Uh, he's he's he a co-writer you know, on the show, is he not? He might yeah, be the now. three main guys I know,
1: all
2: I know they were all part of... They ended up... Because the lad who's bought a... um from Ryan Reynolds, isn't it? As well. Yeah,
0: Rob McElhinney.
2: Um, But they... I know the three of them producer and like executive
0: producers, which I mean, fair
2: place on, because that means I should pay a money for Ryan into them. Um... <laughs> But did he write it from the start? Because originally it was the two, the two blokes, one at it, Glenn and Rob, who, who, who wrote
0: it. Yeah, I think, I, I think they all basically jumped in in the end, so the three of them all, which is pretty cool.
1: I, I admire that your initial review can seem that unbothered, Keenan, but you do then say you've watched about seven seasons of it, so I really did not know where that was going.
2: <laughs> what do you want from it?
1: No, I like. It. I mean, it's like you and TK recently have been. I was gonna say, like pushing your boundaries in terms of TV and film, in terms of what you've watching. Some of yours has been forced far more than TK's, who's now gone through Star Wars and Lord of the Rings in the last however many weeks. That's rough. Yours That's is rough. sitting through something I'm- that perhaps isn't as funny as you first thought. <laughs> but,
2: hey, I I like what I like. If, so I, if, I, I, and I know what
1: I like, and I like what knows I like. what he likes and likes what he knows yeah, that's, that's, I need that on a t-shirt <laughs> if you do if I was to say to you Keenan, and I don't know if you'll offend anyone listening here if it was entirely in your hands and you had to tell me to continue a Brooklyn Nine-Nine or jump across to It's Always Sunny which would you suggest?
2: so probably a bad, bad one to pick so Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like my my nighttime programme I like going to sleep with the TV on, like a little bit of noise Um, and inevitably but that's what I end up watching I reckon I've seen the first seven series about four times
1: I'm on season two I believe not watched it for a while
2: but I've just seen that
1: clip constantly of Backstreet Boys which does still make me laugh every time Charlie Day though they definitely tried doing a thing with him and you do see this with um, comedy actors and I believe he he had a single Saturday Night Live, did he not? He at least hosted it a couple of times when I was reading oh, okay. earlier. And they do try this with the comedy TV guys where they try and bring them across and make movie stars out of them. And they had him, and he was the villain in one of the Pacific Rim films. And then he did that uh, fist fight film with uh, Ice Cube.
2: So That's they were really... This, though, right
1: Pardon? Yeah, that's yeah. So I'm saying they were really trying to make a star out of him for a period, and it seems now he's gone back to doing well more by the sounds of what you're saying. But you see him far less.
2: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they're, still, I mean they're, they're still real successful with um, It's Always Sunny and stuff. He does, he does, um, he's in some, he's in like a, he's in a cartoon that's on Netflix as well. He's got a couple of seasons out of one of them. Well, I'm not sure which one it is, but
1: he's definitely he one of Park them.
2: He did South Park at
1: one point. Yeah, he fucking South Park, South Park Yeah. Good though, I just remember coming out of the cinema and I knew nothing of him and just referencing his voice, which I guess must be one of his kind of...
0: He does seem to really ham the voice up in this film.
1: Yeah, because it comes to the, the peak, doesn't it, when he says, you crazy bitch at the end, and that's like
0: <laughs>
1: the grand finale for it. I was just trying to see uh, the Cartier. I know he's done The Lego Movie, which Keenan referenced. He's, he's done a lot. He did that Hotel Artemis film that we watched at the cinema a while back, uh, TK. But, yeah, he's been a bad... The one with uh, Hotel Artemis, which one's that? Is that
2: the, um... oh, fucking, I can't even think of her name. Well, is that the one with Jodie Foster in it?
1: Yes, it is, yeah. She plays in it. It's called The Nurse.
2: She plays The Nurse, sorry. Yeah, with Jeff Goldberg, yeah. you know, he plays the bad guy.
1: Yeah, and Batista's in it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was alright.
0: It wasn't fantastic, mm. was it?
1: No, it Man, did a job
0: yeah. for
1: an hour and a half or whatever it was at the cinema. Mm. Do you both like this film? Probably a good place to start.
0: Yeah, sure. Like doing that. Keenan's seven out of ten at the start is probably a, probably accurate, something from where I stand on it as well, to be honest. Have you seen this? Be... Have you
1: seen the sequel as well? Like Keenan just referenced.
0: I haven't seen the sequel. I don't know if that's uh, a damning or if that's a good thing. No, not really. It, it, it doesn't
1: improve. It,
2: no, it don't. But it don't get dramatically worse. I don't think.
1: Okay. So, no, it's just a, it's not an original yeah. concept the second time around.
2: No, but they're fairly steady. It's still quite funny, and so on and so forth. It's not bad at all.
1: I mean, the not cast sir. is very good. The cast is just as good, <laughs> if, if, if not better. They bring all the main guys back. Jennifer Aniston comes back. Kevin Spacey comes back. Jamie Foxx comes back. And they bring on uh, Chris Pine and uh, Christoph Waltz. Oh, That's nice.
2: Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There they
1: do. You're right. Sorry to cinema. I've been very excited for it at a time. And then I guess leaving, as you said, Keenan, kind of did just about what you expect from any kind of sequel.
2: Yeah, I like I mean, as sequels as sequels go, as comedy sequels go, right up there. But that's because it's got the potential to go so badly wrong. Yeah, they they so do. It. I suppose that's true for any sequel, actually. To be fair,
1: <clears throat> excuse me. Across the two male bosses, they they do a good job of, I guess, ticking every box that you may be able to relate to. There's at least some characteristic in any of these bosses that you can relate to for at least a boss that you've had at some point. And that really is the selling point to draw you into the film.
0: I do remember the way they advertised this was effective as well. It was really well promoted, I thought.
1: In some part of America, I did have it down, they put up just this massive massive doll and just ask people to stick pins in it and believe it was their boss and then tell them stories of their worst experience with their boss and then they just packs out one of the premieres with all these fans that have just had these horrendous experiences at work
2: Yeah, like you say once you've got this concept it's pretty hard to focus. once you've got the concept Now, before the time it had been done once you, when you think about it, it's very hard to fuck it up. Yeah, and you've got to make it mildly yeah. <laughs> funny, and people will go and see it because most people, a lot of people, hate that Might not hate your current boss, but I guarantee you, work for someone you think fucking hell, you yeah. are. <laughs> <with." laughs> like, if you've had more than one job, or even if you've been at the same company but you've had more than one boss, it, it, it's just the nature of it. And half the time, it might not even be that it might just be the fact that you just don't want to work is another is another point there. No one, people who like working are psychopaths.
1: <laughs> just because your boss listens occasionally you've had to cover your back or has he left now? No,
2: no, no he's left. He was saying that no, to be fair. Yeah. He's I was hoping to, go to take live Liverpool, Liverpool Fulham ticket out of him. Still went. Just to you Yeah
1: know, oh. for it. I, I can get you a spare one for Arsenal Fulham if you if you just want to see Fulham. <laughs>
2: what, 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 what drew you to that conclusion?
1: Well, everyone used to like Fulham for a time so...
2: No,
1: they beat Charlton in the they beat Chapman in the FA Cup, so one won the
2: Sarah came kind off the you got a soft spot. No. But once again they beat Chapman in the FA Cup That's when they ground on with QPR. Chapman won their luck. It looked like it was gonna be amazing. Sarah came off the bench and ruined it.
0: Late goal as well, which was yeah, a correct. dagger. Yeah. If if
1: there's hundred people going to any said Premier, do you think there's one person in every hundred that can relate to the Jennifer Aniston character? Well, Charlie Day's character in this case, or is that just far too outlandish to tick the two boxes of her being that hot and making these advances?
2: I think that's probably out of part. I mean, one in one hundred. Sure.
1: That's. I'm asking if there, be... if there's even one in one hundred.
2: No, not no a chance. What the horrendous thing about the world we live in when we talk about role reversals? If it was role reversed. I would estimate the odds would be far higher than one in a hundred. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, and that's not even me making a joke, I mean, that's genuine, but no, no. I mean, you know, like the amount of lads who have probably had it stuck on and by, a boss, by their boss who they actually think it meant it's probably a lot less.
0: And the amount of ones that had a problem with it, even yeah, smaller yeah, number, Even further.
1: With this film, I thought one of the things that they really did get spot on, they had enough quotables in there And you look back at some of the reviews we've had of comedies at the time, and probably after Superbad and The Hangover, which, what, that's 2010? The Hangover? uh,
2: 2009.
1: 2009, okay, so that's even better. So those two films were so entirely quotable, and you've got kind of a gap.
2: The other guys, 2010, comedy-wise? A lot
1: of quotes. That's fair. Yeah. When you look up and down this, do yeah, well, you, you look up and down this, and they were clearly trying to go down that path. I think the like total fucking asshole that you have in big bold letters across the start is them really trying to drive these things home and uh, get these in. I mean, it's just some of the lines they give Colin Farrell.
0: I was about to say his entire character is a quote, isn't
1: it? Yeah, his uh, I'm a green belt motherfucker struck me as like they, they think this one's going to take off.
2: I don't think any of them really did, though, did they? No. No, didn't really they're all, they're all, they're all like, There's a lot, a lot of bits you, you laugh at, but there's, um, there's, they, there's, I don't think anything really stuck.
1: I this. think Charlie Day's character refers to his boss as a raper at one point, but you kind of did that with Step <laughs> Brothers. You'd already done that. I guess you'd done I the peanut-shaped uh... foods thing as well.
0: I need you to trim some of the fat around here. Really stuck with me, but that's apparently think, you, you can't go around using that. Apparently,
1: well, I think they that was what they used in the trailer. And some of the critique with this film is that all of the best bits they did put in the trailer, which
0: from some of the quotables in there for sure.
1: If if I see a film that you can tell just by the actors involved, I'm gonna to want to watch. I'll avoid the trailer if it's a comedy just so you don't get these moments because it's always baffled me being in the cinema. That's a good point. Hearing people laugh at the same jokes that they've heard, especially before we were able to like fast forward and rewind on the TV. So you would have heard the same jokes like a hundred times. You, and people... you
2: laugh, laugh at the same crack in four Christmases every time. So well,
1: I watch that, that once a year. This would have been—you'd have been overwhelmed by the same joke constantly, and then that weekend go to see the film at the cinema, and people would laugh like it's the first time they'd ever heard it.
0: Is that good though? Watch it again. a bit of time.
2: Have you ever been overwhelmed by a film trailer? If so, you need to sort your sensibility out.
1: Overwhelmed by a film trailer. In terms of reaction, I remember the response to the initial suicide squad trailer and it had a queen track over it did it not maybe it don't, don't stop know. me now but I remember the response to that being mental and I don't know if you've seen the numbers for the latest black Panther trailer I think it's now the most watched trailer in history
2: didn't you know they released one night last yeah
1: I think the main reason people are shooting in is how have they done this without Chadwick Bozeman
2: and that's mm. done a long way to
1: reeling people in
2: just followed the story of Black Panther because she becomes the Black Panther. Yeah,
1: that's not, not the, that's not the path they're going down.
2: Okay, but that is actually what happens in the comics. It's not as else. Yeah,
1: I think they had some trouble with, um I forget, uh, Letitia right, so they switched things up a bit.
2: Why didn't we cover this on a pod?
1: Yeah, we did. Or it may have been separate, I'm not too sure.
2: I, don't know. I don't remember you telling me about this. Yeah.
1: Kevin Spacey, the way he plays an asshole in this is fantastic. Um, at what t- At what point did House of Cards come out? Is this before or after House of Cards?
2: I'm gonna say this is before. i so like,
1: this probably is just narrowly like,
0: before. It?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's almost like him warming up, and then he goes into a more subtle version. No, in the House of what? Cards. What'd you
2: say? Sorry. Is it worth for what?
1: House of Cards. Um, well, I never finished it because right when you got to the point of the House of Cards coming down...
0: His House of Cards came down.
1: Yeah. yeah. But...
2: As, we, were, as we, we know, it's
1: not a stretch that he's great at playing terrible people. Well, no, his... And I'm looking back here before I knew everything that came out, so I this was in, in point of the... The build-up of the character was that you knew this was coming down at some point. I remember saying it was one of the best single characters I'd ever seen on TV. He's just unbelievable in it, and the way they allow him to kind of do the talking directly down the camera, like he did in that weird Christmas video after he'd been exposed.
0: That was dark.
1: (laughs) But yeah, his performance in House of Cards is about as good as it gets.
2: ironically ripping off breaking the 4-4 from Woody Allen also
0: possibly a terrible <laughs> bloke if you, if you break them 4-4 you're taking a risk
2: well <laughs> I mean the people who do it really well apparently they, they, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying everyone
0: saying,
2: uh, <laughs> a, few, a few times there's a pattern
1: certainly doesn't always end well for people mm. we've seen recently
0: Let's just protect Zach from Saved by the Bell. I said he is not been a monster.
1: This was about Ray Liotta, but I felt bad as I said it.
0: I was more than happy to ignore your your disrespect. <laughs> Grace. Apologies. That's yeah,
2: not, not even
1: good. Though. Right from the start here, the opening scene of him doing the back and forth, doing the teasing of the promotion, when he coerces him into taking that drink, <laughs> <That's> fantastic <laughs> way to start and just as good when he then references it two minutes later <laughs> are you still drunk It's a big old glass he
2: pours in
0: my making him neck it I'm not going to yeah. pour it back in the bottle
1: <laughs> I wish we could have got more from his character I saw a review that I didn't take down and they said by the end of the film I wanted to kill the three guys, more than I wanted to kill the three bosses. Wow. I'd have quite happily seen more of his character. I'd have quite happily seen more of um, Colin Farrell as well, to be fair.
0: I remember watching this being surprised that they killed Colin Farrell when they did. I thought they're probably going to milk every bit of comedy they can out of this guy. It probably was time to perfection in reality, but I thought they would have tried to get more out of him.
1: I'd forgotten it, so it caught me off guard slightly the second mm-hmm. time around because my memory was that he was in the second film when I must have had it confused with um, Chris Pine's character. Right. But yeah, it it really did uh, catch me off guard.
0: Especially in that, in the start of this as wow, well, the comedy is great, like like legitimately funny. For all we sort of think about his character, he's pretty dark. Sort of like the thing about if I told you to is it dip your balls in honey and cover them <laughs> <up> with coconut. <laughs> Sure, because I've got some coconut. It's great delivery. But then he does... He's the first guy that ratches it up and actually goes dark in this thing where everything's fairly... For a thought about killing. is all pretty light-hearted. Except for him, who's actually about it.
1: Will you be using his catchphrase of life is a marathon and you can't win without putting a few band-aids on your nipples?
0: <laughs> I think they thought that was going to become a used phrase as well, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I actually... Not quite to this extent, but I do actually know someone who had this kind of thing pulled on them of, uh, look, if you do the work now and show that you can do the job, then when this is employed, because someone was leaving in a couple of months, oh
0: God. they were
1: basically kind of uh, tricked, I guess, into covering for three months the job. And then uh, they employed from outside.
2: Yeah, that's extra a, brutal. It's a, it's a fairly common practice. So, hmm. Oh, that's right, but it is fairly common. Oh, with
1: the sweet talk of, look, show this now. This job's going to be uh, yours. Well, it's
2: just, yeah, it's a case of, well, if it does take a three months to find the right person, who's going to be doing work for the next
0: three months? Yeah. I'd forgotten, as right? one of the magic parts of it, is not only he's getting himself a promotion, but the point of smashing the wall through. <laughs> so he can have, yeah, it's just space. This is so unnecessary. <laughs> well, you already know that he's
1: a bad guy. And then the second he's confronted, this this switch flips, and he just manages to go up another level when he says, listen to me, you stupid little runt. I own you. You're my bitch. Don't walk around here thinking you have free will because you don't. I can break you any time I want. And I guess he goes up another notch by killing someone later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he's uh very good. Someone that we've not even mentioned yet. Everything that I used to say about Ben Stiller, you can take it away from him and add it on to Jason Bateman. Because this guy <laughs> everything he touches, I know I'm gonna enjoy it.
2: Identity thief, you enjoy that?
1: Uh, I I enjoyed it at the time. Um I do have a general thing with both Melissa McCarthy and Rebel Wilson that I'm not a fan of either of them particularly. But I enjoy uh, Jason Bateman. And we'll go back to it. All the things that Harper said about range, you put that on Jason Bateman's name because I don't think you've seen Ozark, Keenan. No, I don't know. If you were to watch that, Chef's Kiss, phenomenal. There's range for you.
2: When are you going to learn? At the moment you recommend something
1: to me, I'll call to my it. I'll allow TK to recommend it to you then.
2: Yeah, get a shoot to at like me.
1: Well, you have to find him yeah. first.
2: What's oh, happened, happened to our guy, Sean?
1: Oh, where is he?
0: You made it sound like he was missing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> MIA. Bang in trouble. Oh, just found that he's
1: got this secret trip to Texas that he hadn't even mentioned. So look, mm. there's a man you can't trust. <laughs>
0: When's
1: he going to Texas? I don't know. I ask him. I didn't know he was going. He's, going
0: he, he's never pulled out of this pod. So technically, he's supposed to have been on every week. He's just he's just on a long postponement. He has pulled out the pod. He was.
1: I asked him for help uh, last week when you graciously uh, stepped in. Oh, was it week before? Week before, um, and he said he didn't have time to watch them. It was like Sunday night.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It's very very. I will say. You say about range though. i think maybe via watching him only in comedies before i've really seen him in Ozark, i've said to you before i am waiting for him constantly in Ozark to sort of break <laughs> and to be like and i think this character in, in horrible boss is probably part of it very obviously straight laced on the face of it and then then moments of comedy sort of come out i'm kind of waiting for that in Ozark, which considering the the subject matter doesn't really happen.
1: His his trademark for me is him saying, Well and he kind of smiles and looks at his feet while <laughs> like shaking his head, and that's like he does that in every single thing he's in. Yeah. He'd worked with Jennifer Aniston before in uh the change up or the switch up or something like that. So the guy's put in his work and then
0: mm.
1: he's he got to the point where he can make it himself. I don't know if any of you have watched Arrested Development.
0: I've seen a bit of it. I've only seen a few episodes. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, quite good fun though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I pretty much finished it. Um,
0: it feels Again, like he's the mainly straight man with thrown, <laughs> yeah. occasional bits thrown in, isn't it?
1: It felt to me like they started with Michael Serra's character basically just playing himself and worked backwards because he is just playing the Michael Serra role.
0: I was going to say, is Michael Sarah just always playing himself? Does he ever? Act? <laughs> yeah. Does he act? Is he just himself?
1: And we've also not mentioned Jamie Fox yet in this.
2: Sensational. Motherfucker Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's actually—he actually just given everything I've ever seen. Him.
0: It's true. He doesn't miss, does he?
1: When you look at the quotes and he's down as Dean M F Jones, it just makes it even better.
0: <laughs> his timing on the explaining his backstory is just phenomenal. that, I, I slipped my fingers into my purse. <laughs> so
1: good. What say? He should call himself Motherfucker Over.
0: <laughs> just stop any confusion. What's the confusion?
1: I don't know if this is harsh. I don't know. The conversation we had surrounding Clark Duke in Sex Drive.
0: Well, I'm glad you've said this because this is (laughs) very much in my mind. I don't think it's quite
1: as egregious. That parallel was also drawn. It's not quite as egregious, but
0: I feel like... I think it might be because of the calibre of women he's getting. (laughs) I think it might be equally egregious
1: even with your thoughts on Felicia from Sex Drive as well. Yeah, but he doesn't... She does fancy him.
0: him. She does fancy him, it's true, yeah.
1: He must have seen that script, seen who he'd been cast as. Oh, blimey. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) look at himself in the mirror. all right. Because, I mean... He pulls at least two in this that we're aware of. You see...
0: Mega Markle fancies him as well. Yeah, I mean he 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 could have had her if he wanted to, basically.
1: Yeah. He he does an almost complete teen comedy line at the start when he says, I need to go and speak to that woman about her vagina. (laughs) And it's like they're just using one line to go, look, this is a ladies' man. You guys are gonna have to understand this. And then it goes on from there. Also, very rare. And I guess they're not trying to charm us, but very rare that these people actually come across as charming. Him doing the, what else do you do? Am I being punked? You can't just be a FedEx girl. (laughs) That's surely never, ever working in real life.
0: Like you said, it's kind of funny because he doesn't look like the type as well. So that all adds to it, I guess. It's it's not slimy or anything because he's kind of, kind of an ordinary bloke shooting a shot, I guess, to us. In the film, it appears no one really bats an eye. It <laughs> assumes he is some sort of Lafaria.
1: I think we should ask some questions about the fact that Jennifer Aniston's character just happens to open her front door and he just assumes, what well, this must be for me.
0: <laughs> it, is, it turns out it's a good assumption, though. Yeah. As much as we've said, I guess there is the... Jennifer is obviously a total nympho, and it seems Harkins' wife is as well. Bear in mind, she's obviously all over even Charlie Day when he runs him over. like she she thinks he's um, no, she thinks he's basically, he's obviously hit with uh, the sort of nut allergy, I should say. Yeah. So she and she's all over it, and for all she knows, she doesn't know who this guy is. So she's obviously just crazy horny as well.
1: The, the good thing with this is, aside from when Kevin Spacey shoots. Colin Farrell here. I don't think there's a single part of this film that's unpredictable, and yet that's almost how it should be. It it doesn't need to be anything but formulaic. It just needs to follow the path and give us some laughs along the way.
0: Yeah, it's probably fair. They're unpredictable, yeah.
1: But even just the things like uh, they, it's, it's a not little like too Trump's, easy to record to record him (laughs) confessing and then it's not there and getting cornered at the end and then the recording gets played back just all of these little things Mm. even with Motherfucker Jones with him not actually being this criminal because they never got the details from him
0: it's all very
1: run of the mill but it just works well
0: I did like how they made him pretty ridiculous just in terms of like his crime was bootlegging a movie like that's a, like hilariously mundane. They could got creative with that, and that was kind of funny. Ten years. That is that's tough. That's a tough break he had there.
1: And then you've got um oh what's his name uh I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it. It's like Ewan Grufford from uh, King Arthur, just popping in as playing the uh, Wetworks guy. Gradually at the start. So even your little side. Little side characters, him, Meghan Markle, are recognizable faces.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Another funny character.
1: The quote that they claim they're making a thing in this of, uh, I wouldn't mind bending over a barrel and showing other 50 states. Was that a thing before this?
0: <laughs> I couldn't tell you.
1: Because I, I, I heard. I don't know if you stayed for the credits when they're doing the uh, outtakes. And he said, I don't know what that means. And he says, uh, it's from a movie. Well, it is now. If he made that up on the spot, I don't know whether they should be more pleased or concerned. <laughs> what do you think is the best scene in the film?
0: My favorite might be the initial Spacey and Bateman scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I'd agree. It's definitely the one I laughed at the most. Also, uh, when they break into uh, Colin Farrell's place the first time <laughs> and they spit, and they spill all the cocaine. You, see, you, just d- that first. you, you think so? You, you really think so? <laughs>
0: The introduction of Farrell, obviously by the toilet, but then the next scene with him when the dad's dead, and he's uh, he's the boss. Is also I'd say it's between that basically introducing him as the shit boss and Spacey's the shit boss. I'd say would be fighting for the best scene for me. Just he, he had me from the moment he said maybe that excuse would have floated when my dad was here. I thought <laughs> so, that's not the way he's talking about his dad's funeral. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so why well, wouldn't it make sense if,
0: if you're done with it <laughs> so is his face is absolutely perfect it's like, it just just doesn't make any sense what is this guy
1: refers to the guy in the wheelchair as charles xavier
0: large marge he's really setting his store up
1: <laughs> And then at the end when he says uh boy or a girl what, what do you mean after he's just done the pat on the stomach too. <laughs> Very good. I can see see why they made a sequel. I can see...
0: Mm.
1: Although, the sequel was pretty poorly received. But the first one, even with the cast, I don't remember there being too high expectations on it, and that's probably why it did so well.
0: You say a couple of the people in the main roles probably weren't as big but probably any of the three main guys weren't as big as they were post this.
1: Yeah, yeah that's fair. So
0: as, as much as, obviously, you've got the likes of Jennifer Aniston and
1: Kevin Jamie Foxx and Colin Spacey, Bale.
0: you do. The, the three main guys aren't that well-known at the time, so I guess maybe that evened it out.
1: What do you reckon for best scene, Kenan?
0: Uh, Yeah,
2: it's either the introduction to, to Jamie Foxx or, oh, because I do all it was like that. he does absolutely kill. He does kill me when he's giving this little speech. Yes. Um, or it might be it might be the, the Bateman Spacey exchange. If
1: I eliminate Jennifer Anderson's character from this, which boss do you think you'd fare better under, Colin Farrell or Kevin Spacey?
2: Colin Farrell is a fucking moron.
1: <laughs> is Kevin Spacey going to make you the best you can be, though, Keenan?
2: No, I end up murdering him.
0: This his
2: three. Yeah, Colin Farrell. He, he, I mean, his opening line is like, I've got fuck all. Essentially, I've got fuck all interest in running a chemical company.
0: <laughs> oh, it's brilliant.
2: Now that I know that, I will find a, I will find a way to do as little for
0: you as possible. Yeah, as long as you could avoid getting like spontaneously sat with, you are going to have a great great time. For it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Should we have a look at our second film? Let's do yeah. it. Alright. Midnight Run.
0: Who are these men?
1: I love to travel by train. No!
0: Where are they going? You'll find out when we get there. Why is everyone trying to kill them?
2: As your personality?
1: And who's Mosley? Lonzo
2: Mosley, FBI. Lonzo Mosley FBI. Lonzo Mosley, FBI. Robert De niro Charles Groden. You think we lost him? Oh, I'm sure we're. Completely safe. Midnight Run, rated R, now
0: playing at theaters everywhere.
1: A bounty hunter pursues a former mafia accountant, who's also being chased by a rival bounty hunter, the FBI, and his old mob boss after jumping bail. Keenan, what do you think the critics thought of this?
2: Six out of ten.
1: And had you seen this before?
2: Yeah, I've seen this before.
1: So, what makes Midnight Run so remarkable are its principles and the supporting cast that keep the audience titillated, laughing and excited for the film's entire 128-minute running time. Who said movies always have to be original? This one is redeemed by execution and brilliant talent. De Niro, Grodin, director Martin Brest, composer Danny Elfman, most of the cast and the technicians. Midnight Run is an inside-out, upside-down buddy film and comedic cross-country caper. It also is the entertaining excuse for Robert De Niro, the method actor of his generation, to cut loose and play things light for a change. Rodian and De Niro are different kinds of actors, but they share a knack for detail and a gift for understatement that keeps their scenes together cracking. You're both, I know TK's a fan of the film. Are you a fan of the film, Keenan? Yeah. TK, we did, we've done, and you weren't on it, I don't believe, another one of director Martin Brest's films. Do you know what that was?
0: Beverly Hills Cop, wasn't it?
1: Yep. Spot on. So the main selling point, for me at least, with this film is that it's De Niro. And I imagine that's for a lot of people, particularly when they go back now and look at this. And when the film came out, I mean, we're right at Robert De Niro's, one of the the most famous actors in the world. Paramount Pictures originally owned the rights to the film. And to improve its chances at the box office, they wanted a big name star to appear opposite him. It was suggested that the character of Duke was changed to a woman and they wanted her to be played by Cher who had recent box office success. Christ. Martin Brest, fortunately, (laughs) rejected the gender switch idea and so Paramount Pictures suggested giving the role to Robin Williams who recently had a big hit with Good Morning Vietnam. He read and he liked the script, he agreed to audition in the meantime, Breasted auditioned the less famous Charles Grodin and after seeing him interact with De Niro a few times he decided to cast him without even auditioning Robin Williams. Paramount Pictures Robin. was so disgusted by this that they dropped out of the projects and sold the rights to Universal who went ahead with the De Niro Grodin casting. What were you saying, Keenan? I
2: think Robin Williams is too much. Yeah, agreed. And I know so no, it- it's a terrible thing to say because everyone loves him, but in this particular role, too big, he's isn't too, he? He's too much.
1: That's the last one they were going for. Clearly, After the share Robin Williams. They're just going for
0: share yeah. opposite Robert De Niro. Christ, yeah. I, but that would
2: it would overpower. It would just take away from De Niro's character almost completely. That's
0: PSG
1: transfer policy: really. just take the biggest name.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just, I don't know. I think it takes away from the film. It will take away from the film. And Charles Grodin, fairly understated
0: in this. It certainly is brilliant, isn't it? I think the chemistry between them is amazing, and it works because of that, doesn't it?
1: Well, Paramount tried to say, look, if you're not going to take Robin Williams, they tried to push Bruce Willis forward. Bloody hell. Which I would like to see those two team up, but not in this. It's a very um, different
0: film, if they do.
1: But yeah, they they also when Paramount Pictures were first first got hold of the script before they even went to De Niro, they tried setting it up with Harrison Ford and Chevy Chase. <laughs> Keenan's boy.
2: Which one?
1: Chevy Chase.
2: He's a dick. I said this in pods previously. Stan Ackwood, I'm a big fan of. <laughs>
1: I'm sure you've been calling yeah, Chevy Chase Stan. your boy previously.
2: Oh, he's a massive dick. That's why he got bombed out of community and just like everything else. Most like a wild racist.
1: Wait to lower the tone. <laughs> well, I
2: was just saying, well, I don't take it up with Chevy. Me, don't associate me with
1: these type of people. What shot you're trying to run me down? I know, yeah. To be fair, to be fair, um, the interview me and Jack did with the director of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, he ultimately said similar about Chevy Chase. It just so happened that they got on, but he said the only reason he was able to get the job was that two previous directors had quit because they wouldn't work with Chevy any longer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was, was in not long ago. Basically, he was just stood around making fucking, like, wildly racist jokes just trying to make people uncomfortable.
1: Well, not to draw any conclusions here, when T- Tarantino was on Joe Rogan, he was saying how much he loves Chevy Chase and he can't believe they've never worked together.
2: Yeah, but people of a certain age do love him because he was in films like spies, spies Like That, Spies Like
1: That, and so on and so forth. There are also certain accusations towards Tarantino, maybe. Also, well, you he said that Tarantino uh, said, Mental outside my window, Christ's sake.
0: Tarantino he said, he, said they didn't work together, so his opinion may have changed hugely had they actually worked together <laughs> by yeah. the sound of the way everyone talks about Chevy Chicks.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Ooh. Filming of this, as much as the, the final film that's come out is enjoyable for everyone, the actual filming of it sounded horrendous. Um, Charles Grodin's been left, if I, if I hope I'm saying his surname correctly, but he's been yeah, left yeah. with permanent scars from the real handcuffs that he had to wear for a great deal of the film. The director went to the extent of getting rubber and plastic handcuffs that could be used in the wide shots, but De Niro insisted... If he wanted to have complete realism, he needed to wear the steel ones in almost all of his scenes, <laughs> and so he's now left with the scars. To, well, he's not around anymore, but he was left with the scars. Uh... the
2: money and good fellows needs to be real. <laughs> Feel
1: it. Now, there's some quotations from uh Kotto who played Alonzo Mosley, he said. Of his experience making the film, De Niro was very spontaneous, and it always helps to work with an artist like that. But Marty Brest shot so many takes of the scenes that I lost all joy in doing the film. He also referred to him as hair director um, in a of yeah. yeah, he said it became hard and tedious work. Then he stopped eating during the shoot and became thinner and thinner each day until he looked like a ghost behind the camera. When I met Marty at the Universal Studio with De Niro he looked healthy and strong but as filming went on he began to turn into someone you'd see in O*. It was weird I got sick for the whole of the film I had a fever and was under the weather for most of it I was shocked when it came off so funny it sure wasn't funny making it He said Midnight Run was practically the most difficult movie I ever made Brest doesn't do one take he shoots a lot of footage one take after the other All kinds of different ways, experimenting to see if something extraordinary happens. That even if it does, he'll try something else. I wasn't told whether it was a comedy or a drama, it could go either way. What I was surprised about is that I thought, is what I thought was going to be funny was funny, and what I thought was going to be dramatic was even funnier. It all worked out in the end. Two
2: Nazi references in
1: that. Yeah.
2: Just, just, just a. Marty
1: Marty Breast. Drives a hard ship, clearly.
0: It just sounds like he was trying to direct the film, to be honest. Yeah, look, they said it was arduous or whatever, but he said the final product looked good. So let's give him what he pressed his thanks then, mate.
1: Yeah, it, it, it speaks to me that he idolised he... De Niro right. and so let him get away with more, whereas...
0: Correct.
1: It, I mean, I'm sure it is draining, doing the same thing over and over and over again, but...
0: You might not like the manager's tactics, but if you win a trophy at <laughs> the end of the season... Give the man his well, that doesn't win always work. If Liverpool win
2: every game 1-0 next year, I don't give a fuck about how we play.
1: Didn't work for Capello.
2: We're
0: not all Madrid fans, though. So
1: Van we, we Gaal get getting sacked after it. the FA Cup. And Jose after that treble, don't you forget. <laughs> it does always obviously work, for when you look at the improvisation that he allowed here. Beverly Hills Cops before this, isn't it? I've not gone wrong there. Yeah. 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 So, two very, very different guys he's worked with there, Eddie Murphy and De Niro. And from what they say of Beverly Hills Cop, there almost wasn't a script and it was just letting Eddie Murphy just rip That's through it. I imagine De Niro way. was a bit tighter than that. But it does show an ability to be able to adapt because, yeah, as I just said, two very different people to work with and he's produced two very successful films.
0: I don't know if it's entirely coincidental, but De Niro, when he gets early on in the film, looks like he's trying to do an Eddie Murphy impression. When he gets pulled in the cop car and is basically taking the piss out of his <laughs> cop, very much like the Eddie uh, sort of role in the various films. He's been in Beverly Hills car for 48 hours, those sort of things. He's doing that sort of thing. So I've wondered if... That was in De Niro's mind for a bit, and then he scrapped it and started doing his own thing.
1: Well, De Niro, as as was referenced in one of the critics' reviews, was basically just looking for something a bit lighter after what he'd done previously. I think he tried to get a role in Big, and they actually rejected him. So this is the next script that comes across his desk. He likes the look of it. And I see what seems to have worked so well is him taking everything that he would usually do for a far more serious film and bring it into something looser like this, and instead you just get a more refined version of what's ultimately a, a very formulaic plot.
0: Yes and no, it's the formulaic, but yeah, yeah. The do you not think? It's yeah, no. The... When it when it start and when it ends, but... some of the some of the carnage in between is a little bit. I think up and down in a way that you probably wouldn't have anticipated them going with. That's probably closer to the mark.
1: I mean, the the general structure of the the couple of hurdles there, the ending. I think if I so, yeah, if I ending, told you the, the type of film, you, you could a, have told me before away. it finished. Yeah.
2: Yeah, when he draws the money out and says, "Oh, there you go," well, you see that coming a mile away. But
1: I wasn't it wasn't said as a negative. I think we said it when we did well plenty of films in this bracket keen and there's a reason these things work so well and we did it with the town where
2: oh I, no i know i just think for this i agree a little bit more with, with ck yes the, the 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 start the start and the end point, Yeah, fair enough but I, I think as they get there there's more of a deviation for from a from a formula
0: even though it's sort of the curveballs they throw in with uh oh, I forget the guy's name who's also yeah, the other bounty hunter chasing them. Martins. Yeah, it's they throw in a few extra little things where I think uh, maybe a more modern film might go a little bit more linear and just make this uh, straight up he's trying to get this guy and the mob and the police are maybe there. That's so just even just throwing someone extra in there seems Well, originally... Uh, a f- bit of fun that they didn't have to do, but I'm glad they did.
1: The point where he's kidnapped the Duke and He takes the picture and he goes to meet the uh, mob guys. The Hmm. point at which they punch him, he was supposed to die there initially in the script. And it was only later on during the production that the director said it would just bring so much more to the ending if you just had this other layer of uncomfortability put on top of that. And so they added him in.
0: Pretty important part of the ending as well, so it worked out pretty well for him. He, like, has a tough, <laughs> he has a tough time in this film, by the way. He gets, <laughs> gets pieced up.
1: <laughs> I think one of the best things about this and why it works so well is that it is supposed to be a comedy, but none of the actors are really playing it as a comedy. And even just in the way the dialogue's set up, it's not really done like that. Usually, if you look at Horrible Bosses, anytime there's a particular punchline, they'll leave some room for you to laugh before they hit you with the next one. With this, there's no pause at all. It's just ran straight through, and I guess it's because it's not so much knee-slapping humour.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, horrible bosses, a lot of it's playing, like we talked about catfaces and stuff. That's, yeah, that's I just cool. used like, it
1: just use it because it's the other film we're doing today, but it's
2: like... No, 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 no. What I was going to say is, like, if you take this example, one's meant to be laugh out loud, and one, you're... Like, a lot of Midnight Run, you're, you're sort of almost supposed to smile and not like, yeah. shake your head out and yeah. like, have a little yeah. chuckle but it it, it it tries to be driven it tries to be driven by the story and for the humor to come alongside it whereas all of our bosses there's a story to it but it's supposed to the humor is supposed to drive it
0: the but, like roger's character is obviously annoying and obviously generates a lot of humor via that and it's how de niro obviously reacts to it is where well. also a like, you said, it's, a, like it's, you, it's a buddy it's a, it's a buddy
2: cop film but they're just not police it's the, it's the old couple, and it's just yeah yeah exactly here's a
1: question a variation a question i noted down while watching this do you think you could enjoy this film if you didn't find it funny because you do have more of a narrative structure than you would have usually for a comedy you do have the twists and turns you've referenced and you do just have somewhat of a storyline that you can buy into the characters. You aren't just waiting for the next punchline. So if you don't laugh once for the whole film, do you think you could still come out the other end saying you enjoyed it?
2: I think you'd struggle. Because I don't think, I think at a certain point, it's not serious enough of a drama. Um, and if you're not finding this funny, then you'd have to be looking at it from a dramatic angle and I think you'd you might slow down for so this sort of this sort of twenty thirty minutes, where you might lose your interest somewhat.
0: I, I agree, I for the most part. I certainly think, whilst there's some tension in the final scene, ultimately nothing really happens. You'd probably have someone probably has to get shot if you're going to have it as a straight up action, because it does all kind of dissipate fairly easily in that last bit, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think you could come out of it if you didn't laugh, not hating it.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think. In that part, I, I'm completely on board with, I think so, but I don't think you'd... I, I don't know if you'd even go so far to say as you, you liked it, it would be out, yeah, it was all right. But I, and you'd, I, you'd, see, you'd never so watch cool. it again, would you? You'd, you'd no, never no, get it right, rewatch not it. Don't find, if you don't find this funny, the two hours of it, it's not serious enough of a film. Yeah, one done. It's not high, and it's not... The stakes, obviously, where it's played to be funny, the stakes don't even... don't ever feel... Massive, do they? I, really I like think that's part of
1: the stuff charm stuff. of it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I yeah,
2: think, yeah, I yeah, Agree, but your point about if you don't find it funny, yeah, if you're not laughing,
0: I think some of that charm gets lost. Yeah, you'd be asking for a lot more action, wouldn't you? As a, you'd be like, "Where's the, where's the uh, sort of consequences here?" <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I noted down I, that I agree. The,
0: the easy watch of it and the, 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 the easy, easy
2: how easy it is to watch is very much part of the
1: charm. Mm it felt almost like a couple of 30 minute tv episodes so you get and i've not watched any of them deeply enough to even reference so you get probably something like some of the early marvel tv shows in that you have all this big action but it it's such an easy watch that it's it's almost just eye candy just going on, on your screen you have this moment in this film where de niro shoots the back end of the uh, helicopter and spins it into the cliff and it's cool in the moment but it doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel like an explosion in Bad Boys 2 and I don't know if it's it's the way that it's sold I don't know if it's the fact that they just get on with it after but that's actually great if you are trying to have just your easy watch film because that's a cool moment and then it's just kind of on to the next bit so it's not even a moment of criticism it's just the whole thing when I do the editing of this podcast, I'll, I'll press a thing normalised. It's supposed to just level out the whole film, the whole audio. The loud points should never be too loud. The quiet points should never be too quiet. And that's kind of how I would apply this film in how it's done the whole way through. It's never too much at any point that you need to sit up or you need to sit back or anything. It, you can just relax your way through it and just enjoy all of it just at a slightly higher level with what, De Niro and Grodin and everyone else is bringing to it
2: yeah very fair mate yeah
1: good take because it's not just De, N- De Niro isn't carrying the film is it? like everyone is doing their job in this
2: no no he doesn't carry it which is sort of what I expected the first time I was going to watch it the first time I watched it rather I thought it was just going to be like a vessel for De Niro but it's not at all it's very much it's, it's a nice little ensemble in the end
1: yeah, when I saw that it was kind of a, a buddy comedy, I expected to know the second guy, and when I didn't, it didn't put me off. But I was, if not concerned, I was a little. Mm, what's this going to be like? I assumed it'd be top heavy.
2: He's he, very he gives good. as he's very good as he gets, good. doesn't he? Yeah, he's very very good. To be fair, I think it's the only thing I've ever seen him in, but I'm, I might be wrong.
0: Only other thing I've seen, I mean, I've watched. I don't know why I've watched it. The original Heartbreak Kid, <laughs> not the Ben Stiller ones. The original oh, one, and yeah. he is he is the heartbreak in that. And again, he's he's very good in that as well. And, I've seen the Ben Stiller one.
1: Yes, yeah, so same. And if I reference quotables in horror bosses, there's plenty in this, isn't there? If you just Google the film and just look at other people's their reactions to it, it's the same quotes. That come up constantly. Number one is—is uh, is this more on number one? Put more on number two on the phone, <laughs> and then what's the other one? Uh, I—I got two words for you: shut the fuck up. That's another <laughs> one that's uh, constantly referenced the whole way through. And another uh, Joey Pants appearance, Keenan, two weeks in a row. Legend.
2: Oh, actually, this is. I'm prepared
1: to call him a legend at this point. He, he just wanted to be in the film, basically, and he tried making a play for Duke, and the director ultimately said, look, don't push it here. You're in the film. But he was asking him to be one of the mob guys, and he really pushed and said that he thought he could do more than that. And he said, I, I'd either like to be Duke, or he would like to be, and the character's name... Uh, mistakes but uh uh I've forgotten Eddie Uh, Eddie, yeah yeah he said I'll I'll be him or Duke and he said okay you can be Eddie then and so maybe it was just a clever move on his part knowing that he wasn't going to get Duke but it works well in the end he does very well in that role as kind of the outside guy
0: yeah he does because you're getting annoyed with him on the phone as much as Jack <laughs> yeah. Walsh is every time he calls you're like oh, God, this guy's on at me again
1: you do have some great quotes I am just looking through my notes I had last night the 10 years for impersonating a fed her how come no one's after you was a great one
2: uh, I was always I do too I've enjoyed it every time how am I supposed to argue with this guy I don't know what the fuck he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's a very relatable quote
1: the Duke's quote of, uh, you ever had sex with an animal, Jack? That was improvised, and the director just asked him, don't tell me what it is, just say something in this moment that's going to make De Niro crack.
0: <laughs>
1: and he did, and it You'd be, you'd
0: it be so buzzing, wouldn't you, if you made De Niro laugh like that. That'd yeah, so and it, it
1: works. So. There, you go. there are some good-looking chickens there. There's a couple I might have taken a shot at.
0: Quite a wholesome bit of the film, that bit as well. When he starts, I, I thought because he ends up in another life, we'd probably still hate each other and last long, it? yeah. A running trope throughout, obviously, the film. It's quite funny.
1: I thought there was going to be a callback to his daughter and ex wife at the end of the film. That was the only thing that really <laughs> spun me when the credits started rolling. I thought for sure, I thought he was going to drive there with the money. I thought was how the film was going to end after she'd offered him the money, and I think that would have been a nice callback, but...
0: In a modern film, they get back together somehow, don't they, as well? She takes him back, which would never happen, but they would just have to.
1: I think, if I'm directing that, (laughs) not to say I'd have done a better job here, but maybe. (laughs) I think the way I end it, and I think the way I I get people, people on their feet after this, he takes the money that she offers him from the babysitting she's doing, and he probably says, I promise I'll get this back to you. And then at the end of the film he gives her that three hundred thousand or whatever it is, and they have a hug, and then the credits start rolling. He's got his family back together as the Duke suggested. The Duke's a free man, bad guys behind bars. Everyone lives happily ever after. They've been in a
2: nice coffee shop. That's
0: the other couple that I yeah. That's a great one. Your end is probably a bit more sentimental than the rest of the tone of the film, though. Luke, there's
2: probably so
0: just they, there's just enough sentiment in this in the way they end it. I think, which is a really good ending. But I, I don't is. hate your ending either.
1: There's a couple of things that aren't kind of picked up on because I guess it's insinuated a couple of times that his ex-wife's new man is is one of these corrupt policemen. He says everyone else in that department, yeah, was corrupt, and so we have to assume that he is one of these guys on the gangster's payroll. Very possibly. And he is happy letting his daughter live with that bloke, which maybe he has asked some more questions.
0: He hasn't seen him in, what, nine years? He's probably sacrificed quite a lot of right to be <laughs> offended at this point, hasn't he?
1: I mean, fair play to the daughter. She's, she's right back on board forgiving him, even after seeing him shout at <laughs> uh, her mum.
0: Yeah, hasn't seen him in X amount of years. Just been shouting at your mother and has turned up with a bloke in handcuffs who he's effectively selling. He's basically <laughs> selling this guy. The dysfunction with that. That that scene is great. It's just how uncomfortable it is. It feels like this yeah. obviously would feel like days for this guy, even though it's only seconds as he stood there with nothing to say. And it feels like it for you watching. You're just sort of like, oh God, this is awkward.
1: Do you have some question that the guy has so much pride that he doesn't try anything else to find some money first? like To the point where they're willing to rob a bar and take all the notes out of the till. Do they not try something like that first before he goes to his (laughs) ex-wife?
0: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe Grodin could just dip into that fucking belt he's got for the entire film. (laughs) Oh, actually, yeah. (laughs) If a few quid from here just to help out. He doesn't even need to say where it's come from, does he? Because
2: he he lets him go
1: to the toilet a few times.
2: This fucks me off. But it's bad <laughs> fact from them. Think I think it for the first time, 40 the last. There are certain situations where you walk away for two minutes and go on for a piss. Oh, by the way, found found a ten on the
0: floor. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was a long
2: time ago this. But could just be at some point, oh, I was say I was gonna say that I actually happened to have hundred dollars in my wallet. Mm. There you go. It's yours. Let's make the best of it. Yeah,
1: could have been far easier. the whole The whole Mm -hmm. thing, if if there was a theme for this one, Keenan I know you like this. Is uh, really don't. The difference (laughs) is the kind of versus of doing the right thing and uh, doing what they want to do. I guess the choice over what's right and they teeter on that a couple of times with whether whether he should save him or not, because you've got to think, he knows he's getting the handcuffs put back on him, even after saving him.
0: Yeah, that's an odd one, isn't it? When Grodin saves De Niro, it's like, we just saved this bounty hunter on the basis that he's promised you that he'll let you go. Yeah, I don't think you're ever trusting him, are you? You're leaving him in that water.
2: Yeah, because then I get to keep 300 grand.
0: Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you know, you've got 300 grand on you, and you know, you can at least have oh, a go God. at doing a runner. Whereas this guy is <laughs> selling you to someone, someone if, is getting you.
1: If we're continuing with any gripes, any issue with De Niro not being alarmed until the last minute when there is a literal car driving at him? He kind of just stands there, does take
0: him a long time to realize who it is as well, yeah. <laughs>
1: He stands there to the point where the guy can shift to the side, open the car door specifically to take him out. And I like that from him. Marty doesn't want to kill him, he just wants to debilitate him for a moment.
0: There's some professional respect there. I bet I still have of fuck. I'll be honest,
2: I wouldn't that. <laughs> dehabilitate is probably the word, mate.
1: Last real issue to tackle the runtime.
2: About I your a minute mark
1: for a comedy, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think you can take 15, 20 minutes off this.
2: Uh I probably I yeah, I, I'm inclined to but...
1: Because I'm a, we kind of we have the understanding of the relationship that the characters have already by halfway through the film, and so we but we do still get a number of these where it's essentially the same scene over and over again of I, Le- I was the- doing the right thing. I'm going to get my money for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, for example, the bit where Cigrony nicks the plane, I thought you've literally put this in to show how bullshit it was at the start that he was claiming he doesn't like flying. But we, we probably- I was waiting for
1: him to jump in that back seat the whole time that was going on. I was sure that was what was going to happen. Mm.
0: Yeah, I all felt a little bit like we probably didn't need to do this.
1: That plane also comes to a halt <laughs> very very conveniently
0: it probably goes a lot worse than that in trip, I was waiting it? for another
1: explosion well <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy it Um I wasn't distracted during it my only thought was I had a little look at how long was left Ooh, a bit longer yeah. left than I expected but I did have the I was, uh, levels of I'm tension surprised at the
2: end. You, uh, I'm surprised you liked it as much as you did
1: I mean, I I, I enjoy it. I, it wouldn't be at the top of my rewatchability scale because of the runtime, but
2: I think I never I never expected. It. To be honest, I, as I told you many a time, I didn't think you'd enjoy it.
1: This is uh, De Niro gives you a certain level of uh, class on top of the film, where I feel it could only be so bad. And It's not, but I think it could only have been like it was never going to be a two out of ten film. I think De Niro was guaranteeing at least probably a five.
2: I I hate to say it, but I think I can challenge that.
1: Well, later on, I mean, this is 88, <laughs> this is 88. De Niro, I had a little look oh, at his IMDB either side, like it's insanity.
2: Yeah, sorry, I'll tell you about it, I'll give you
1: that. There are some later on down the line where... <laughs> oh, for sure. We did it on the Dirty Grandpa pod, didn't we, where one of his uh, previous co-stars basically said, like, you know, he's literally told us he's just doing it for money at this point.
2: <laughs> I respect, I've said it to you before, I respect that.
1: That's I keep going to again. re-watch Dirty Grandpa and then there's a voice in the back of my head like, this is a shit film. Then there's another it's, voice I going, see. no, watch it, give it another go.
2: I watched it semi-drunk about five, six weeks ago.
1: Was that for Deniro or
2: Zoe Deutsch? No, it was because uh, I came home from the pub at about eleven o'clock and I was waiting for my takeaway to be delivered. And I, it was like, oh, it's going to be an hour, so I sat down and I flicked through, <laughs> and it was on. And I, I ended up watching. I was like, oh, watch this for Whilst I wait for, wait for my food. Yeah, I ended up sitting and just watching all of it.
1: Did a good job for uh, you then. Whenever yeah, I think I... of you and takeaways, I just think of a disgusting amount of garlic mayo. And I like garlic mayo, but not the amounts that you have. I don't know,
2: what do you
1: want? Well, you sent That's me your isn't... order once and it was like eight times garlic mayo.
2: <laughs> You've got to think how much food's being ordered with that. So it's it's, it's going su- like to dis- supplement that. Yeah, it's not like it's a disproportionate amount.
1: I think we've told um, the tale on here before about... Uh, in Liverpool when the Scousers, your people supposedly sold us down the river until we've had to try and order £20 worth of takeaway to get them to deliver us with it. Yeah. I just remember waking up in the morning feeling hung over the food. Had, I mean, I woke up to the sound of you dispatching your food, to be honest, so that wasn't a good start to the day. <laughs> but just pure garlic mayo being the first thing that caught my nostrils.
2: I love
1: not so much. Not at eight o'clock in the morning. i a <laughs> hang on.
2: I'll be honest, mate. There's, there's, there's some obvious things I'm not going to eat it with. But outside of that, honestly, it's pretty much fair game.
1: Do you have I'm one not. of those bottles in your fridge, like the ones you get in a kebab shop?
2: No, but I do have a mate who's uh, who has a uh, who's got um he has got a sauce shelf in his uh in his fridge, and it's just got about twelve different ones of them on like all sorts, <laughs> at any given wow. time. It's amazing. I don't even know where he gets them from.
1: I mean, I had an Amazon delivery today and I added some burger sauce in there to have with some curly fries next week. Oh, I do love curly fries. Watch and that. a burger. But anyway, back to you. <laughs> Back to the task at hand.
2: After your news today, honestly, the longing in your voice sounds
1: horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't oh, go into that. We won't go into you, that.
2: I can't say, were you just gazing out the window when you said that?
1: I've got the curtains (laughs) closed but I I may as well have been it's it's been a depressing day Um, they do do two two TV movie sequels to this
0: they don't exist
1: they do yeah they do there's two TV movie sequels and De Niro is actually producing a remake of it
2: is he really?
1: yeah Okay. with Regina Hall
2: Regina Hall. Why is that name about?
1: You might recognise their face.
2: What's she been
1: on? I knew you were gonna say that before I had a chance to uh Jeez,
2: type her name in
1: IMDB. I think she, she she's uh Brenda in Scary Movie.
2: Oh yeah. I, nice.
1: And Kelly in Laura Biden Citizen.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I know exactly who she is.
1: Yeah, she unless it's been cancelled, but she was certainly attached to it with De Niro producing. But yeah, there, there was two TV movie spin-offs, and they had uh, similar names. What were they called? It was called uh, Midnight Runaround and Midnight Run for Your Life. Uh,
2: they were released as the Midnight Run action pack. so that once they'd made them, they actually re-released all three of them together.
1: Yeah, and it seems they went with the husband and wife dynamic uh, as they're trying to escape a bounty hunter. You've got uh, Shooter McGavin playing uh, Jack Walsh. So maybe if you want someone to watch tonight, there you go. Shall we get into the judging?
2: Yeah. All
1: right, Keenan, as always, I will go to you first. Which did you prefer?
2: Uh, did not run.
1: TK? Did not run. I prefer horrible bosses. Keenan, rewatchability.
0: Uh, horrible bosses. TK? I to say midnight run.
1: I'm going horrible bosses.
2: The run time does have an impact. Like I said right at the start, there's a chance um, that you can probably take 30 minutes away from there. Yes, yeah,
1: 40 minutes longer, midnight run.
2: Yeah,
1: it's a lot in it for comedies. I guess it's because it's, it's on the outskirts of comedy is probably where they get away with it.
0: it is a film you could probably dip into at a various point as well. You probably don't have to watch the entire thing. So maybe they just get away with it on that basis. Uh,
1: best moment slash scene, Keenan.
2: Um. I'm gonna go Bateman spacer.
1: TK.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what I would have as a like, singular best moment in Midnight Run. See, that's
2: the thing with Midnight Run. It's it like or it runs. It almost runs at its own pace. There's no. Yeah. It's not like like peaks and troughs.
0: Right. Like, as we as we, we time said time. about the humor, yeah. there's not huge laugh out loud so you're not going oh that's the funniest moment by far the action yeah. isn't outrageously big so you don't go oh that's the point so it's a bit I do love the ending I actually think they get it just about right with the level of sort of a bit of sentiment a bit of a warm fuzzy feeling to it without being too much because it's a fairly cynical film isn't it and then obviously offering a cabbie a thousand dollars He calls him a bum by the way you like <laughs> no, he... no. <laughs> so you change for a thousand because you get out of your bum. Come on uh, I'll go with yeah. I'll go with horrible bosses, and it? it could be the introduction of um, Spacey or Farrell. To be honest, both their open scenes are top draw. Keenan best quote. Um, best
1: quote. It's a difficult one
2: probably go the way of horrible bosses to be fair Um, although I do like how am I supposed to argue with this guy I don't know what the fuck (laughs) he's talking about
1: I'm going for the uh, impersonating uh, FBI agent from Midnight Run so TK it's on you
2: you can fire Professor Xavier well up
0: there as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah I could probably say anything that comes out of Colin Farrell's mouth there is a one I wanted to highlight when the bearing in mind they've obviously been pulled into a police interview and they've just been told about a murder Sadekis goes I was murdering Arslan <laughs> <Something like that>. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that well, or, uh, actually, I mean, when actually, they're arguing I'm about who's more rapable I think, yeah. like, I'd i get raped oh, in prison just as much as you unless you're saying I'm less rapable than you are
2: I thought that was gonna good throw, gonna, gonna throw out your boy Kenny go and, look, you got any, go any extra scratch maybe I can give you some handjobs um, he is 40, phenomenal. Forty dollars a goal, and then the bar, the, bar said, the, the float behind the he bar off. Off. <laughs> I said no. I said no more Ambers in it. <laughs> at I mean,
0: that actually, point, sorry, that's
2: my pick.
1: At that point, it's just as embarrassing for you at the table that he's there and he's shouting, uh, "No more hand jobs." <laughs> and he's yeah. at your table <laughs> offering them. Out.
2: If you, if you, uh, if you change your mind, I'm at my mum's. That's <laughs> yeah. I don't tell you that's a winner for me.
1: Uh, MVP Keenan Jack Walsh TK
0: yeah it is but I I absolutely love Grodin in this that's very very close I'll, I'll give it to De Niro only one of them gets to the 300k yep. he gives it as a gift how much money does this guy got <laughs> yeah but we never know
2: that
1: best side no. character Keenan
2: motherfucker Jones
0: maybe Spacey TK? Yeah, I was unsure who's going to be. It's going to be one of the nearest ones in Horrible Bosses. I was unsure how much. I'd little. probably
1: take anyone outside of the three uh, workers.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you were going to go really sort of more minute, the hand guy is an incredible psych. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Kenny, Kenny's, on, Kenny's on the pitch. Kenny comes <laughs> off the bench 90 plus one and scores. <laughs> yeah. Very much the Origi just cameos. Really. Oh my god, how's he done this? Um, yeah, in, in that case, I'll go with um, probably Spacey. Actually, it's probably Far-
2: Spacey
0: Colin Farrell's, I think, my favorite individual in the film, just the sort of pound for pound. But uh, Spacey is phenomenal, so I'll
2: go with it.
1: Jennifer Aniston for me, yeah.
0: yeah. There anyone else
2: was there,
1: Keenan? Last per minute.
2: Uh,
0: horrible bosses. TK like being an hour shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't argue with that. More laugh-out-loud funny and a shorter film, so it's going to be a tough one for me to argue.
1: Keenan, best soundtrack.
0: Um, horrible
2: bosses.
1: I'm going Midnight Run.
2: Yeah.
1: Your man Danny Elfman on the score, hailed as his best work.
2: Yeah, I just, I don't know. There's not, I don't know. It's neither of them. I don't remember either of them
0: sticking out to me this week. TK? No, I was thinking with Horrible so I didn't think soundtrack stood out to me in a way that I thought they'd gone big, like they did with The Hangover, for example. I feel like they didn't really with this. So, uh, whereas Midnight Runs, the whole flow of it, the soundtrack goes with it perfectly, I think. So I'll go with that.
2: Yeah.
1: Keenan, originality uh horrible bosses
0: tk yeah although i do think potentially we've been like run we reverse engineer it a little bit to sort of say oh buddy cop comedy has been done a lot whereas this was probably at the time slightly more original than we give credit and we've had a lot of buddy cop since yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah exactly so. but um probably still is horrible bosses. i don't know that many films as much as people are talked about killing their boss, I don't know if anyone's really put it into a piece of work like this. So.
1: Keenan, bigger impact.
2: I honestly don't, but I didn't have a fucking clue when I was thinking about this. Um I feel like the answer is technically neither of them. <laughs> they're both they're both great films in the moment, but
0: So so in terms of impact.
2: Yeah, and like when when you look down the line, I I think these these sort of get wrapped away. Like if you talk about the like, I don't know, I don't. Midnight
1: Run is one of those that took on a greater lifespan after it was released on the TV circuit.
2: Yeah, I I could see that. Um, I feel like the answer's horrible bosses, but I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's more because in this case where I don't think either of them were overly impactful, I was able to experience the impact of horrible bosses because I was old enough.
0: TK? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's probably a fair answer. I'll go with, I've, I've cheated the question slightly here, but I'll go with it. I'll go with it in that run in that I think this showed De Niro could do a comedy role and do it well. Show a different side to him. And I think that is... That does have an impact on his legacy, I do think. When you think if you want to put his best roles up there, I'll put this up there only because it just shows something so different to what he does normally. And I think, in terms of the long run, I guess that's a pretty big impact because he's pretty important. Does it speak well, to uh, it? Probably helps him. I mean, in the long run of it, probably like helps him land some other
2: roles. Like it probably helps him land. I mean, he is Rob, he is De Niro, so I mean, I don't know how much help he uh, by this time he needs help landing roles, but. Meet the parents and so well, on.
1: I was about yeah. to reference that and say, does it speak to how underviewed this film is that people were surprised that he could do the comedy?
0: Yeah, probably more fun. time elapsed maybe between the two.
1: I was going to go midnight run for it's...
0: Yeah, I don't, like say, I
2: say, I do think I like I, I, the obviously the way the question being it can't be, but I feel like the fairest answer is neither.
1: Well, <laughs> best opening scene, Keenan?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, it's horrible bosses. CK? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's got to be.
1: Keenan, best ending?
0: I'll go midnight run. CK? Yeah, you probably guessed it. I already said how much I like the ending. Got me mm-hmm. Horrible
1: bosses. And finally, Keenan, best chemistry.
0: Tough old question, this.
2: Hmm. It is a tough old question. Tougher than I ever. Definitely, I thought it would be. Because I think what I took away from honorable bosses like was the the of it, but then you really watch Midnight Run and you realise they are they're a they're a very, very good duo. I think they could have moved they could have done more with this is eight they could have done more with these two. But then yeah. Yeah, it's sure. eighty eight and De Niro's he's just about to start making good fellas, so I won't complain. Which are you going for? Uh
0: Midnight Run. TK? Yeah, Keane's right to say this is a tough one. If, if the, uh, if the impact, he yeah, had that as a nil nil draw, this is about 8-8 draw thriller. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I do think ultimately, oh, the chemistry between De Niro and Groden is probably what carries this film. Yeah. and takes it over the top, so I'll go this I'm just about edging out horrible bosses. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think, I think, I, I think a big part of it is that I prefer it as a film,
2: that it probably wins, wins it as well.
1: I, I don't disagree with the chemistry take. I think you see chemistry across a great sum of parts in Horrible Bosses, but the individual chemistry between the two in Midnight Run and the way they do carry the film, I would lean towards Midnight Run. But unfortunately, it's not enough for Midnight Run, and it does lose 7-6 here are closest in weeks and horrible bosses goes through to the next round Keenan it is a matchup next week that you've referenced previously it is war dogs versus Lord of War
2: oh, all yeah, right shit we got a nice we got a nice nice little run coming down the stretch now we have uh, uh we got some bangers you seen Lord of War
1: no I haven't we were going to do it in our last bracket if you recall and then we saved it for this one
0: you're going Nick Cage. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is good. Uh, not like,
2: strangely, for all the stick I give him, he's actually very, very, very good in it as well.
1: Um, <laughs> my girl Anna Diarmas in uh, War Dogs as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll say I'll save my thoughts for War Dogs next week.
1: You're going to say your thoughts for Anna Diarmas then? I was going to say what? <laughs> thoughts are they? <laughs>
0: he's got a whole segment for that one.
1: Trailer for that Marilyn Monroe film dropped today. Um,
2: I assume you've watched that
1: 17 times. Just the once, because I do have a question, but I'll save that for off air. Um, After his news
0: today, maybe will
2: have to watch, <laughs>
1: watch it ASAP. I don't, I don't know if I told Keenan that part, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for any day. Uh, you did. Thank you. Thank you again. <laughs> we'll, we'll end that there. Thank you again <laughs> for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. We'll be back next week. Tune in Monday as well for our big Prem preview. Adios.